0: To support the show and join our patron community, where you'll get extra access and exclusive content, visit us at patreon.com forward slash Christian. Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Today... Andrea connects with best-selling author, songwriter, and musician Rick Norris to talk about his speculative Christian fantasy book series that incorporates music into his storytelling process. Pay attention to how you can earn a free CD from Rick and stay tuned through the end of the episode to enjoy one of his original songs.
1: Hey everyone, Uh, this is Andrea, your host for today. I just wanted to pop on real quick before the episode. And let you know that the audio on my end was all sorts of wonky today, uh, for today's episode. So I apologize ahead of time. Uh, I'm trying to edit it here to make it a little less distracting. But my conversation with author Rick Norris was so good that we didn't wanna redo anything um and just bring it to you today. So hopefully you can uh listen past my uh garbled, garbled messages every once in a while and just hear from the heart of Rick. Uh, Today. Uh, and just know that we love you guys and we are cheering you on. And through all of our technology woes and hiccups, uh, just know that we uh, are thrilled to bring this content to you. And uh, we hope that this conversation blesses your heart today. Well, hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Creatively Christian. I am your host, Andrea Sandifer, and today I am joined by award-winning author, um, musician and songwriter, Rick Norris. So Rick, welcome to the show.
2: Hello, thank you so much for having me on here. Uh, it's exciting to be here with you today.
1: Well, I'm glad you're excited. Uh, I've, I've actually been really enjoying, so Rick was really a generous guest, everyone and sent me copies of his books that we're gonna talk about today. And let's see, which chapter did I end on last night? It was, it was a really hard spot to end. I think I'm at the end of chapter seven. So wow. uh, things are getting really interesting and I'm mm-hmm. really enjoying the story oh, so wow. far. So I'm excited to talk about these a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's just jump in. Rick, can you share a little bit about your faith upbringing? Mm-hmm. and kind of when you started to feel um called toward your creative work
2: sure well <clears throat> i uh, spent 12 years in the catholic school i should be a monk by now <laughs> uh and you know with uh, the, all the stuff altar boys choir. An honorary
1: one right yeah honorary <laughs> yeah, right.
2: yes the altar boys are the ones that always get in trouble by the way um and um You know, that was, um, you know, it was a faith. I'm half Italian. That was, you know, Italian, Catholic, same thing. And that was kind of like how I was raised. Um, But as far as the creative element, it kind of started to peak or just peak a little bit, uh, as in peaking uh, a little bit um, in about 1968. Um, Maybe a lot of your um, listeners weren't even born then. Right. Uh, And I was asked to participate by Miss Gleason. And something really radical idea. And that was bringing my guitar to the mass and playing a guitar mass, which has always been an organ, you know, the big, huge organ with the guy with the, you know, the fake eye in the one side and, you know, that kind of thing Uh, that, you always always, as an adult, as a choir person, you're always scared to do. Uh, And um, I started taking guitar lessons when I was six years old. Uh, My mother and father were divorced when I was five. My father was a rockabilly singer, uh, uh, recorded under Capitol Records. Uh, You can find him under Bobby Norris on iTunes. Never made it big, uh, but that kind of got me interested at six years old to start learning guitar, and my mother, a waitress with two waitress jobs, uh, two mortgages, was able to scrape up enough money to um, pay for guitar lessons, starting at six, and uh, that's really somebody that I really... Hold in high regards for sacrificing for me that actually got me started. So, anyway, we played this guitar mass with Miss Gleason, and it was actually at the eighth grade graduation because he had eighth grades in, uh, in Catholic school. And but then she gets some songs, and I saw an opportunity to really rock it out. And even though I was on an acoustic guitar play, acoustic guitar, not my electric, I was able to really change the tempo. And I just remember her looking out of the corner of her eye to me because I just got all excited uh, about what I was doing. And that was really my first experience of playing music for a mass. Um, but anyway, I continued uh in Catholic school uh in my teen years. Uh in uh in 72 in 1972, um I started playing um somewhere around um, guitar masses uh at a church uh, where it started to really um hit, you know, where it started to hit the Catholic Church. was back in the late 70s mid to late 70s like 74 to early 80s and um that still was unheard of you know because most people just playing acoustic guitars but I was bringing electronic instruments I actually went to bass played bass then and again I just really got excited about playing music in the church and it was something that I knew that that was my calling at least at that part of my life um however um the Catholic Church really didn't let me feel the holy spirit that much and i and some of my teachers were my actual high school teachers that were priests <laughs> and i used to have this discussion with them. and um after i got married in 1979 uh, my wife and i left and went looking for another kind of christian church which was pretty radical coming from an italian family to leave the catholic church looking for a non-denominational christian church so about well, 1984, we found the Vineyard Christian Fellowship and actually we went to church in Santa Monica is where the, the, um, the worldwide movement, the Vineyard movement, actually started in Santa Monica uh, back in the early 70s. And I, I walked into there and I heard the music and the teaching and I was in tears. I mean, I had found a hope home. I had found um, where God can touch me in a way he's never touched me before. And um, actually, the vineyard music actually became very contagious uh, from the 70s and actually went into all the other denominations, including the Catholic Church. Um, So um, in 1988, we had our first child and uh, I started teaching Sunday school, started off with changing diapers uh, and uh, doing the uh, little kid stuff Um, that actually continued for 31 years. Wow. Uh, and um, I actually went up and started teaching higher levels, and my wife actually got her own class too. I ended up teaching middle school and high school for probably about three quarters of those thirty one years wow. and so that was real exciting for me um, but what really started to hit as far as the book was that um, back in that time when our son was preschool they asked uh parents if they wanted to do a children's sermon in front of the church for five minutes you know go out there and give some lesson to the kids who would sit out in front and the rest of the congregation and so i was really nervous about doing that um but i i I started doing it but then it started hitting me that you know i could make fictional stories up you know i could i actually wrote them out and they're sitting in a cabinet somewhere one of them was like um this box of crayons, and who was arguing on who was the prettiest crayon in the box, and how that really goes into the story of, of the uh, sons of thunder, James and Joseph, about who's going to be them, who's going to sit at the right hand of, of, of God, uh, and um, and so I started making up stories like that, writing stories like that, all these different things, and it kind of got this. Sp- I mean, it's been back in you know, 1988, 1989, this small little spark in me about using fiction to teach the Word of God. And so uh, it, was, it was exciting. And uh, what I did is I started when I started teaching Sunday school, like when I got to middle school, I would use sets to create a, um, uh, a set, a, a scene in the Bible. The kids walked in, like, for example, I can think of one. They walked in one day and the entire room was covered with fog and white lights everywhere. It was almost blinding. And the lesson that day was the transfiguration.
1: That's what to say. That is awesome.
2: <laughs> and uh, that worked out really well. It got across well, except for the one kid who was allergic to the fog.
1: Oh, shoot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> go outside. Uh, but uh, but that's the kind of stuff I would do. I would dress up in characters, I would do stuff like that. Um, and, you know, getting into high school, because high school kids kind of clam up. Yeah. And so I would really try to get them involved in stuff. And the creative elements start coming through in Sunday school. Um, so, um, but um, the, it, was, it was really, it, it's exciting, uh, because uh, it really taught me how to use it. But since I was a musician, uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, do something else. And so I would bring my guitar. I actually wrote music. I wrote songs and had kids sing them, um, you know, cute little Christian songs and things like that. Um, and at this time, I started imagining about a story that is not spoken of in the Bible as far as angels fighting, is that Michael drove uh, Lucifer out of heaven, um, So I'm fall like a star. Um, and um, I said, you yeah, know, what would that be like? You know, what would that story be like, angels fighting in heaven um, to drive out Lucifer? And it'd be like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings in heaven. And that would be really exciting. You know, I thought, so I'm I'm thinking about this. And since I was a Bible teacher, not only the Sunday school, but I started teaching adults too at this time, uh, because I had actually uh, taken a five-year course with a guy named William Creasy. He was actually a medieval literature professor at um, UCLA who also taught the Bible, uh, because, you know, religion as a minor. And it was probably the, still the greatest teacher I ever listened to. And I started emulating my teaching style with his. And so I started thinking about this. Well, what would this be like to have a story and um, and footnote the Bible on all of it? You know, whenever you use a setting, whenever you use a character, you footnote it. You know, where was Gabriel in the Bible? You know, where was this scene in the Bible? The You know, the throne of God is in Revelation. You know, the first part of Revelation. You know, that whole thing with the, you know, all the flying... Uh, living, uh, living spirits and things like that. So I started kind of putting this together uh, in my head. And um, that's kind of what I had there. Um, but since, you know, since I was a musician, uh, and I said, well, we could put music in this, but I'm not sure how um, you know, we would work this um, uh, you know, in a book. You know? But it, I just kept it in the back of my mind that time.
1: Yeah, well, and it works. I, I think uh, my favorite part was when I was, you know, I started reading your story and then all of a sudden there was a QR code included on the page and I was able to scan it and listen to the song and what an interesting dimension. We'll talk a bit more about that, but it sounds like there were, some, there were some key people in your life that yeah. God used to really bring you into what you're doing now. Um, so yeah, what, what kind of springboarded you into writing this Angelic War series?
2: Well, I had this in the back of my mind, but I wasn't doing anything with it, which is typical. Uh,
1: <laughs> There's a lot of us on here.
2: <laughs> lots of ideas. You know? <laughs> yes. um, and I was on a plane flight, a business flight, actually from Chicago. And this woman sat next to me and she was nice. And um, she saw that I was reading some Christian book uh and it might have been the city of god by augustine uh i was reading and she says oh are you a christian i said yes and so she started telling me about her life and i told her about my life And, and i told her about this idea i had you know and um but she started telling me about her life and her life was that her husband had just passed away a few months ago from an aneurysm leaving her with two teenage girls and her name is Sherry Wyman. I don't have a problem saying that because I asked her if I could say her name on Facebook and, and my, actually my acknowledgements. And her husband passed away, leaving her with two teenage girls. And about a month after that happened, she was diagnosed with MS. And, and so she's telling me the story, which really touched me. And I told her the story, you know, she asked me about me and, you know, my dreams or whatever. And I told her about the, you know, the book and the music in the book and fighting of angels and things like that. And she kind of grabbed my forearm and she said, write the book. She says, you have to write the book. And even now that's touching me uh, because it, you know, in First Kings, it talks about whispers from God, Elijah. Mm-hmm. And when I teach, that's what I always teach people, listen to the whispers. And that was more than a whisper. That was almost yelling in my ear.
1: Yeah.
2: So I said, okay, I will. And so I, I started, uh, you know, writing it uh, a little bit. And, um, you know, so I give her a lot of, a lot of, of um, uh, uh, cre- uh, credit for that. Uh, and um, I'm friends with her on Facebook now, and she's following me and seeing the stuff that I'm doing. She's so excited to be a part of this. Oh, that's how it got started.
1: That's fantastic. I love that uh, she's still following along and cheering yeah. you on, that mm-hmm. she was uh, there from the beginning. That is just so incredible. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, okay, let's talk about the the dimension of your work that I just love, um, the song, and I just... I'm excited to keep going in the story and discovering more of how you're you're intertwining these songs with your story so how did those songs kind of become part of the project and uh what impact have you seen it have on your readers
2: well i had this idea about songs but i really didn't know how to do it because there was no technology in books to do that you know i don't think there was any hyperlinks uh 15 years ago or so right. to it, that you can have embedded into a book, um, but, um, and I just kept the idea, so what I, I, what I started is that about 13 years ago, I attended a Christian writing conference, and I asked instructors if anybody had ever done this, you know, books where there's music, and the characters sing to you, and give you another dimension of reading, and they said, not to our knowledge, I don't think anybody's ever done that, never heard of it, and so um, that kind of motivated me, you know, it's good to be the first at something. And so I went to this Christian con- conference and I met this literary agent, Steve Lobby, uh, who referred me to a writing coach. And she happened to be a successful USA best-selling Christian author named Susan May Warren. She's written lots of books. Uh, and she basically um, taught me how to write because what happened is that at the, at the uh, writing conference is they say, you would, you would give, um, they say, okay, write five pages and give it to a, a, a judge or a teacher and, and they'll sit down, and they'll talk to you about your writing. And so I did, I did that and I, I gave it to this guy uh, and he said, um, you're a storyteller. You can tell stories. He says, all you have to do is learn the craft of writing. And he said, that's the easy part.
1: Oh boy. I don't know. <laughs>
2: but uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I met Susan, well, actually remotely, because she's in Minnesota, Miami, California, and we worked through my first book, uh, learning teaching me how to write, and so uh, I give her a lot of credit, and Steve, who introduced me to her, uh, and I, I finished my first book, uh, Angelic Wars, First Rebellion, and, but there was a problem with that. How do you do the music in this whole thing? Um, so, I was writing the music and the most valuable person probably in the music would be uh, my second son, our second son, Devin uh, on, on the internet. He's called known as Devin S. Norris. Um, he was a senior in high school and a budding jazz pianist. So he's 17, 18 years old. Um, you know, he saw what I wanted to do. And so he secured a uh, free recording studio for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It happened to be um, uh, somebody, uh, their name is uh, John Trevers and Liz Myers, who are professional composers who write actually for television. And um, I coached their son in Little League, so they knew me. And uh, so he, um, he and Devin drummed. And so he, he secured that for me, which I'm very grateful they did that for me. Um, they in turn uh, connected me to their engineer producer who then uh, helped me in the sessions as we went through, he did the engineering, stuff like that. And then Devin gathered up musicians from high school. All the songs that you're listening to, all but two people on there are high school kids. Oh, great. All the singers like that. Uh, And it was just really funny. And I thought actually I was gonna use it as an advantage because I thought maybe this might be for like young adults, this story, but it's kind of, um, you know, it's for adults too, you know, it's for any age really. And so I thought the high school musicians might be kind of an interesting thing for young adults, teens to see, but uh, I really didn't go that direction. The interesting thing is that some of the high school kids that performed actually turned out to be professional musicians. Devin, my son Devin writes for uh, television and for commercials, music for commercials and television. So he's doing very well. Um, Other person was on a well-known band Uh, Another uh, young 17-year-old or 16-year-old, Julia Harriman, uh, less than 10 years later, she turns out to be the lead in Hamilton in uh, San Francisco, L.A., and Phoenix.
1: Fantastic.
2: And she performed on my album at 16. And I can remember when she... There's one song uh, towards the end you'll hear. It's a gospel song. And she just breaks out in this thing. And the engineer and I look at each other and went, where did she come from? (laughs) It's like... (laughs) I mean it just caught us totally by surprise oh, you know awesome. and she had never had a singing lesson which is even more amazing and wow. what she's doing, you yeah know? so i mean she's she's a she's a real nice person and uh um so you know demo was really important uh on putting that together uh and this music um in addition to in the books and be found in all your musical i, I um, outlets like itunes uh and apple music like that um you either type in the name of the book or you type in the name of the band, which is the Setivery, which is named after the seven angels mm-hmm. that were chosen by God to conquer satan uh and I put them as the name of the band because they are the ones in the book that are singing yeah. uh even though if you type in Setivery, you're not gonna find <laughs> you're not going to find John Paul George or Ringo or something like that right. <laughs> on an album cover so uh so that was real exciting and um so that's pretty much the people that kind of got started on the music end and the creative end of it.
1: Yeah, it's so neat. It's such a neat dimension to your work and um, really powerful. You know, me being, you know, I'm very much intrigued by just the, the songwriting process and, um, and I see a ton of crossover in here. You know, you as a writer and as a songwriter being able to bring in a lot of that imagery yeah. and really deepen the story through these melodies and these these songs it's awesome it's such a great idea and um yeah and you kind of mentioned there's been a lot of collaboration uh in these projects and you know we in a previous conversation we talked about some of the artwork um and then you know your songs and your books they've all been kind of works of collaboration with others um could you briefly share about some of those partnerships that are really kind of neat you shared about your son already, but like there, yeah. I know there were some others, and and right. you know I think a lot of us collaboration sounds amazing, and we would love to do more of it. So just for anybody kind of almost hesitant to collaborate with others, what would you well, uh, encourage?
2: Well, uh, music's in my family too. Uh, actually, two other boys sang in high school, and daughter. In addition to Devin being the piano player, uh, of course, my dad I talked about. So creativity kind of ran in our family. But also is that in Southern California, there's a lot of creative people. Um, you know, people say, "Oh, you're creative." I don't really look at that as something special because I see creativity in an electrical contractor,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: that finds ways to, you know, solve a problem, uh, or a uh, single parent that's trying to figure out how to juggle uh, a bunch of kids uh, while trying to cook dinners. I mean, for example, I'm the cook in our family, and uh, You know, had finicky kids and didn't want to eat, and I had to make up dishes for them to eat. And one of them was chicken in a swimming pool, and what was was a chicken in a white sauce uh, poured over a uh, slice of white bread, and that was chicken in a swimming pool. And they thought that was exciting. And uh, (laughs) I mean, there's creativity in every aspect of life that people don't appreciate. And of course, you know, a lot of people do quilting and stuff like that, and painting, and some they're normally considered uh, creative. Um, But uh, when I travel. And my wife and I travel. I actually have a podcast show called Rambling Business, where I travel around the world interviewing small businesses. And this year, actually, we're doing around the country. We just came back from uh, the East Coast. Um, And I find out uh, how creative some of these people are in starting their small businesses. You know, I've been to, I've interviewed people in Jordan, Egypt, Norway, Australia, Amsterdam, Israel. Uh, And it's pretty incredible seeing the creativity out there that people don't normally peg as being creative but but how they got through their hurdles is very creative but what i do is i draw from these settings when i travel and if you look at some of the pictures that were drawn my wife actually did the illustrations in the books my wife is an artist um you'll see that they are kind of compilations and adapted from some of the items in petra oh so i taught different buildings of Petra and I started pasting them all together in my mind to create the settings and you'll see some of that in that book uh and I that's actually where I interviewed a a Bedouin chief uh for my podcast (laughs) it was in Petra so um so that was fun um musically what happens is that um is I will uh sometimes what I'll do is that if I'm fooling around with my guitar, I play guitar, bass, and I, I say I fool around on piano because my son is a real jazz composer. I mean, he for four years at University of California, Irvine, he studied under uh, Kea Gage, who was Miles Davis's last keyboard player. So he's, so far, I don't, I don't say I'm a piano player. I'm in the same room with him. Uh, <laughs> right. So, um, but, you know, I'll, I'll come across some chords I like, and uh, I'll just write them down and put them away in a notebook uh and then a month later or whatever when i come when it comes time to start start you know i'm writing the book and i'm starting to do music at the same time i may go back there and look at some of these chords that i did five months ago six months ago and say oh this would be good um you know it may only be two chords or three chords but i can build a whole melody and a whole song off of two chords and three chords mm-hmm. and uh the song um that uh, you'll hear at the end of this uh podcast actually only started off with as three chords and uh i built it and it changed and and things like that so uh the creative process is fun uh i think that um what you have to do is give yourself a chance and not be afraid to try new things and not be afraid to fail that's really the most important thing don't be afraid to fail because you you only learn by failing
1: Mm yeah boy that's a scary phrase I think a lot of us hear that and we're like oh it feels uncomfortable but it is, it's so true we can't we don't know until we try and um you know I, when i I painted something recently and it was one of the have you ever heard of Dutch pours where you the the um the paint is really like liquidy and you pour it onto the canvas and then you you layer on different colors on top oh, of that okay. and then you use yeah. a blow dryer and like
2: Oh, okay. Oh, the paper. It's I so like much that. fun.
1: Yeah, but, I like that. Oh, my first time was like, it was just a globby mess. But I, mm. I learned from that experience. And yeah. uh, somebody likes the globby mess and took it home. So, um,
2: <laughs> You know, though, out. when you when you start to do stuff, um, you start to meet people. Yeah. So for the on the second album, um, Devin was long out of high school and college, uh, is that he actually connected me with a bunch of professional musicians. And one guy, Lyle Johnson, was the other producer. So Devin Lyle and myself were the producers and really brought in some great musicians, just fantastic musicians on that second, uh, second album uh, from you know, key singers to uh, horn sections, brass. And so it oh, was, nice. again, just, and actually it was really funny is that I had switched churches after 31 years because we moved and Lyle actually used to play at the church that we ended up joining years huh. before we got there. And so, just like in his wife, too, saying, so it's like a combination of something that you know, I never would have realized that until I told her I went to church. And so, just it's great the way uh, God works in putting things together, uh, just by taking those steps out in faith.
1: Yeah, amen. Amen to that. Okay, Rick, uh, what upcoming project are you most excited about right now?
2: Well, uh, at this time, uh, we are. couple weeks out, a few weeks out from the Los Angeles Time Festival of Books, where um, somewhere between 125,000 and 150,000 people show up. Uh, I have a double booth actually, and um, my booth is 10 by 20. And the reason why I got a double booth, because I want to do more than just stand there and sell books, I wanted to give people that attend an experience. Um, One thing I forgot, you know, I I don't know if I mentioned uh, earlier, is that my books have over a couple hundred biblical citations as footnotes at the bottom uh, of it. So when people read the book or read anything of the book, uh, most likely there's a citation of the Bible there. And as Juan Monsignor, who reads my books, told me, you're actually getting people to read the Bible and they don't realize it (laughs) because you have quotes in there from the Bible.
1: You You know, the
2: angels might say something that came out of Proverbs or comes out of Psalms, you know. Um, so I'm building this booth and it's booth number 155 and it's at the University of California. I'm sorry, University of Southern California. When I say University of California, it makes some Trojans very mad. Uh, <laughs> University of Su- uh, Southern California on uh, April 23rd and 24th. And I'm not going to say what the experiences I'm trying to uh, create. Uh, I have a, a tent that we already had that's 10 by 20 in our backyard that I set up as a prototype. And we are sending up the inter- internal things in there, and we will dismantle it, put it in the truck, and take it to uh, USC to reset it up in the permanent place. So I'm working on it right now, and um, I hopefully it's going to be good. I hope it's going to be fun. There's uh, one thing that we are going to do is that we actually created um, some angel wings, and it's at the printer now. Uh, I think it will happen unless something goes wrong. We will have this banner that's seven feet long by six feet wide of angel wings for people to stand in front and picture themselves as an angel.
1: Oh, fun!
2: <laughs> so we're doing stuff like that, and uh, so um, you know, I, I, that's that's one project. And uh, by the way, uh, if you mention this podcast, uh, I'll give you a, a free CD uh, of, uh, of one of the books uh, showing up. You got to mention the podcast, uh, <laughs> the right. Creative Christian Podcast. So it's important. Um, that's one project I'm working on, um, which actually I have experience in that because on Halloween, I have actually a Christian, a Christian Halloween display that attracts well over 150 kids last year. Uh, and it is Gregorian chants playing with thunder and lightning flashing. And uh, I build a castle in front of it. I turn the whole house into a uh into a castle where kids walk into so wow. we get a lot of kids uh i used to actually have scripture out when i was living in manhattan beach but uh it would say it was the scripture at the end of matthew that where after jesus rose that the the uh, the, uh i'm sorry when, after jesus was crucified the bodies came out of the, the holy ones came out and were walking the streets of jerusalem i had it out there because it's kind of like halloween-ish and kids actually read that because one kid went up to me and, and i gave candy he was like 13 and he went jesus is lord and he turned around and he walked away because he didn't want his friends to hear but yeah. he wanted me to let me know that he saw that and so a lot of things that i do are in that vein so i'm trying to do something like that for the festival of books hopefully i can pull it off we're working on it um but uh so that's exciting um uh i'm trying to this year hopefully by the end of the year or next year uh, get audio books out at least one uh the audiobook will be very interesting because first of all the the tracks of the songs will be automatic yeah as if be patched in there but the other thing is that i'm going to do it like a radio drama i'm going to have a female and a male actors i already had the female picked up picked out who happens to be a cousin of mine who's a voiceover person
1: for collaboration
2: uh, <laughs> that's right another Love collaboration it. of family um and i have to find a male and uh So they'll be reading male and female parts. So it'll be like a radio drama. And so, and then uh, I will, with my son, will compose music in the background as a score in addition to the songs that are already there. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I just got to find enough time to do that because I'm also about a third of the way through on the next book, which I have to pick up again. I've actually put it down because of the festival. But I'll probably pick it up in the next month and i'm gonna try to finish that and have that ready by the festival next year but uh where that changes is that the first two books are battling for heaven between the good angels and bad angels trying to drive satan out of heaven the next book after that and all the books after that will be the good angels and the bad angels fighting for the souls of specific humans that are minor characters in the bible
1: oh, cool. and so
2: it's what goes on in heaven that mirrors what's in the bible and it's a minor character so it really is nothing about that character in the bible very much so the story is completely fiction but it's just spiritual warfare going on in a more realistic world than what we have here on earth because as hebrews says this is just a shadow where we are living here at earth compared to what there is in, in the spirit world and and so we'll see (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's really exciting I, I I was actually I was thinking of Hebrews when you were just talking about that uh that next project because I remember when I studied that I thought oh this realm uh it's just so intriguing so mm. I look forward to that project very much thank you for mm. writing those I it just feeds that side of my spiritual oh, creativity too so thank you uh yeah speaking of feeding creativity um how do you feed your own you're just such a, a vivid storyteller. And I just, I'm just really curious, what do you love to read or what do you love to do to kind of keep your creativity going? Uh-huh.
2: Well, um, I, I do read different kinds of novels. I mean, I'll read um, the uh, 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 Gwyn, um, I think his first name, he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. My wife actually introduced him at the University of California, Irvine. I wrote The, um, the Refugee and uh, the, uh, under the sympathizer it actually won a Pulitzer surprise for the sympathizer it's about the vietnamese during the uh, vietnam war and after the both people things like that here which happened here in in southern california and uh so he's a great writer so i write his read his stuff currently i'm splitting up my writing uh, my reading because i always read two books at one time and usually different things altogether. together um i'm reading something i never actually read before and which is really surprising because anyway I write, i never read the chronicles of narnia i've read the lord of the rings all the volumes lord of the rings but i never read the chronicle of narnia and so i'm about halfway through it right now uh i'm reading that um but at the same time i'm reading homer's iliad and odyssey which is one of the first novels ever written and so they're very different um i get a lot of my creativity in the battle scenes of the angels uh of actual um battle strategies used by the romans and the greeks and maybe far east uh, I will adapt them to what the angels do, um, and and then you know there's other Christian speculative, uh, speculative Christian novels that I read, and there's people that in um, a, a an author's book association that I'm I'm with that we read each other's novels, and they're fiction, and um, not a lot of them are Christian, um, but I am connected with Christians on Goodread, Goodreads. Goodreads, uh, you can find me on Goodreads, uh, and uh, and i'm I'm corresponding with those putting my comments in about writing christian novels because the thing about christian novels is that they're usually and this is why i've learned this is not from my experience this is why i've learned from writing conferences the majority of people who read christian novels are women and they usually read um books that are like relationship things uh you know you know know, i'll say i'm not necessarily a christian novel but let's just say the, the shack for example you know, where there's a relationship. I, I said that because I saw the movie for the first time. Uh, I never read the book, but, but, and not that that's a Christian, but I'm saying that that's a relationship type thing where you're, you're dealing with somebody's relationship or relationship to God. Um, some of the Christian authors, uh, uh, Parker J., who I read her novels, who's was a friend of mine, um, shares this very relationship type stuff. That's normally what Christian epistemology christian public read and who the christian public is and what they read speculative christian that is that is a very small population and and i learned this from uh, the uh, the uh, the agent that i met uh steve lobby in that uh he he said it's very very small uh and it's basically dominated by c.s lewis and tolkien and and, and decker and some of these people, and they're like they're like ninety five percent of everybody reads, and they're five percent is split up among all these other Christians. So there's not a lot of that out there. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people writing, but not even people reading necessarily <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but that kind of stuff. And um, I'm hoping to change that uh, from what I'm doing because um, in my books, though they are um, speculative Christian fantasy. Um, there's a lot of relationship stuff in there between the angels. And you know some of the people that write to me and review, reviews I've gotten, um, they really got to feel what the angels were feeling when they were struggling trying to save heaven. And, uh, and so it's, uh, or like they have their faults. My angels all have uh, shortcomings. And I did that on purpose in order for people reading to identify with them. And oh, yeah. even though angels don't have a gender, I make them male and female just so they can identify with them. Uh, I actually had somebody make a comment to me that, you know, there are no female angels. Well, there's no male angels either. Just their names we've taken as being male because we've, you know, I think once or twice it may have said he instead of Michael or Gabriel. Uh, but pretty much, you know, they, I mean, they're, they're sexless. They're, they're spirits, you know. But I made it that way so that people could relate to it.
1: Sure, for sure. Oh, it's, it's such a cool story so far. I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm just dipping my toe into that world right now and just uh, really enjoying how you're building the character and, and how you describe the scenes. I think you've got a real huge and this is one of my favorite genres, anyways this fantasy um stuff so and having it steeped in scripture is just icing on the cake for me so thank you <laughs> I, yeah. like, well, we're so should i
2: name and so should i name an angel after you the next book oh
1: yes please
2: Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a good one or a bad one
1: <laughs> uh, please a good one oh come on rick
2: <laughs> well, i always give the option you know i mean everybody always remembers the villains you know like uh, that's true. darth vader Dark yeah.
1: oh and man wings. is that the truth that's so funny a good or a bad one <laughs> oh well this has been such a fun conversation rick and i hope everybody uh if you're in the area uh southern california there and are able to connect with him at the festival of books i hope you do uh, go check out what he's creating there um sounds like it's going to be pretty exciting so but um, if you're not in the area, Rick, how else can we connect with you? You mentioned Goodreads, and um, how else can we find you?
2: So uh, Goodreads is there. Um it, uh, out on angelicwars.com, the website. And uh, there is a place on there, actually, to, uh, for a free download of all the sheet music for all the songs. So those of you who perform in churches and stuff like that, I write music so that it can be formed outside the book. Um, you can email me at rick at angelicwars.com. Um, and so, of course, you know, the festival. Um, and also, if you just want to get a taste of the, of the series without um, spinning a nickel, uh, there's a prequel I wrote. Uh, it's, act, it's fiction. I always <laughs> you know, have to put that out. This is fiction. Uh, and it's called Into the Mind of Lucifer. And it's only 48 pages or 46 pages. And what I put on my description is I give Lucifer 46 pages to state his case. And it's from his point of view on the fall. And some people don't like it. Some people don't like that, you know, because, you know, you, but see, in order to write uh, fiction, you got to always have all points of views. You just can't have one point of view or it's not a good, it's not a good novel at all. Um, so, um, you know, it helps learn that it's a fantasy on why um, Satan fell. Um, you know, I, I actually didn't write it into the original book because I didn't want to copy like Paradise Lost. Mm -hmm. Or Milton or like that. I don't want to copy any of that stuff because so many books have been written about, you know, Satan falling in the garden of Beings, like that. So I just did it as a prequel and it's free. So you can always download that. Uh, And like I said, if you like the music, uh, it's on iTunes and in Apple Music and all the like like 20 different sites, music sites, you can check that out. and uh, so it's uh, you know it's a great way. I'm I'm very accessible and uh, I always answer my emails and, and things like that. So uh, if anybody has any comments, you know I'm always uh, listening to what people have to say.
1: Fantastic. Well, we will put as much of that as we can in the show notes. We love to close our episodes with prayer, and so I would love to pray for you and just what is going on and what God is doing in your life and. Uh, And then we'll have you share a little bit about the song that we get to enjoy at the end here. Father God, we thank you so much for this time to be uh, with Rick today and to learn from him and to hear about what you're doing in his life and what you're calling him to. Uh, It's always such an encouragement to hear each other's stories. And thank you that you have encouraged him to be a story writer. Um, to share stories with us, and it is such a blessing to your kingdom, Lord, to um, have storytellers that are willing to interlace your truth um, with these imaginative, engaging stories, and we just thank you for how Rick does that and Lord, we pray uh, for the festival of books coming up that that would go well. Lord, that their preparation would be blessed and that you would um, just encourage them through the connections they make there and that people's lives would be touched and drawn to you through what he is writing. And Lord, we pray for uh, the process of writing the books ahead. We thank you for that effort and we pray blessing over that. Again, thank you for this time with Rick today. Um, it is such an encouragement to our hearts to learn from each other. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you so much. So the song to carry on is a song sung by the main character, the leader of the symptom very, the leader of the angels in both books. His name is Azarius and he, Azarius has self doubts. Of course, if I was given the, uh, the, the challenge to save heaven, I think I would have some self doubts. <laughs> yeah,
1: I relate to him a lot, actually. Oh, <laughs> <I, I> really?
2: <laughs> yeah. So this song comes from the current release. It just came out in February. Angelic Wars, End of the Beginning. And Azarius hits rock bottom. Of both books, he hits rock bottom here. And he feels that he is he's not equipped to finish this job that God has given him, uh, which maybe you know some people that are listening to this are ministry. Uh, people who are pastors, people who are Bible teachers, Sunday school teachers may feel the same way as he does. And that's the way I wrote it. And so here he calls out to God. And the way the song is written, is it, it starts with really him in a depression. And I actually, I have battled depression off and on. And I've learned actually to, to handle it um, uh, uh, without any medication. So I, I, sometimes I write songs from that point of view. And so he starts from that and the song starts to pick up as he starts to gain faith and feel the Holy Spirit. And book two, you'll see that I represent the Holy Spirit with tongues of fire from Acts. And as he's singing, the tongues of fire appear and start singing with him. And that's the chorus you hear towards the end of the song.
1: Awesome. Well, everyone sit tight and just enjoy this beautiful and powerful song from Rick's uh, second volume of his series and thank you Rick again for your time today and we're just so excited to dig into these stories and um, just be encouraged so thank you so much
2: Thank you I, I enjoyed being on here thank you very much
1: Oh Lord I know I should never fear Teach me Your ways You are my rock And my salvation You give me strength To carry
0: Thank you so much for listening today. To see the resources mentioned in this episode, you can head over to Theophanymedia.com forward slash Rick. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at Theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Dave Ebert, and Rachel Oxborough. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer did our music. And Jake Dobrens produces and edits the show.